Welcome everyone to the Books That Change Us podcast. My name is Don Azubike Onyebo and today we have an amazing show for you. Our guest today is engineer Felix Namde Unachuku. He's one of my mentors. He's an astute business entrepreneur and he's the current chairman of the DAX group. He's an alumnus of the Lagos Business School and University of South Wales, UK. He's a distinguished fellow of the African Business School and a student of the Walden University, USA. He's also host of the amazing business show called Business Matters on YouTube. Today, he's going to share with us the three books that impacted his life and business. Please join me as I welcome engineer Felix Namdi Unachuku. Thank you, Don. Thank you, everybody. Thank Thanks you for having me. Thank you so much for, for making our time to share some of the books that changed your life. Um, okay, so before we we even go any further, um, I, you, 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 have, you have this YouTube page um, that teaches entrepreneurship. And one of, the, uh, one of the parts that really caught my attention was where you were talking about how you made your first million dollars. Can you quickly tell us um, about that story because it's quite interesting. Thank you, Don. Um, well, uh, it's my story, so it's not something um, I need to think twice to tell. And I like to tell the story. Uh, one thing I like doing is not just to say to tell the story how I made the $1 million, but to tell also how I lost millions of dollars in the course of business. Oh. Yeah, um, as a fresh graduate in year 2007, and um, during the service, I decided to get myself to do, you know, to multitask. I was serving somewhere and I found out that I could do some things in engineering, like networking and the rest of them. So I started, you know, engaging in uh, networking using Windows NT, what is called L uh, LAN, a local area network. So I found out that whenever I go to Computer Village to buy the, the materials, CAT5, the ROJ11, and the rest of materials to use, to, to, for the uh, for the networking, they will sell it at exorbitant prices. So one day I asked a guy if he could lead me to Dubai, so I would buy it, and uh, he agreed. So I borrowed ten thousand dollars from um, a cousin of mine. I made a first travel, bought the uh, stuff, came back. I was working with it. So from there I finished my youth service, and then I decided to to do something for myself. So I didn't wait to get a job. So I started what is called cyber cafe on the side. So I was doing the cyber cafe. People come to my uh, my office somewhere in Muchi to browse uh, the internet. That was those days. Yes. So, and uh, in the course of doing that, I found out that, look, many guys were using, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, fast to transact and communicate with their, with their overseas counterparts. And uh, they didn't know about uh, much about um, email facilities. So what I did was uh, I started from the market, the local market there in Mushi, Idioro, guys that sell mm. electronics. So I was now giving them email facility, email, um, email address, and uh, they would pay me a thousand naira for each. Interesting so, for email address. Uh, email address, then it was free. You, you know, this story at times is amazing. So I found out that these guys didn't know about it, and I really want to send the email. I'll receive it and they print it and give it to them. So they were like, what, what kind of magic is this? Mm. And um, I found out that this thing will give me money. So what I did was I generated a form which will give to potential uh, client or customer. They will fill it, fill their name, how they want us to put it, you know, to generate their email and put what they want to, to be their, their password. So I had the file of over a thousand uh, people and because then I had taken my marketing down to come uh, down to Balogo market. Wow. So almost all the traders there opened their email. I opened their emails. In fact, I met one the other day that said Nambiari was the first guy that opened my email and I'm still using it today. Wow. So I was taking a thousand naira. And when I saw that this was getting good, so I, generated, I got marketers. I was paying to 200 naira for each, uh, uh, each uh, day of the close. 
So out of the 1,000, so I was now making 800 and giving these guys 200. So it was a big business and expanded. And from there done, I made so much money, the first wow. million I made in my life in Naira. So now talking about how I now made the, wow. you know, this one is sorry, how I made the first one million Naira okay. and above. So it was now time to make the million dollar. And uh, in the course of time, because you know, when preparation eh, means opportunity, usually what sparks off is, you know, success. So I was going to Dubai and uh, they just launched mobile phone in Nigeria in August 2001 precisely. So I was in Dubai, so I wanted to be part of the first to use uh, the mobile telephony, the GSM technology. Being that um, it's my line, I studied electronics engineering, so I wanted to just feel it. So I called my cousin who was working with me in Nigeria here, someone you know, and say, look, once this thing comes out, once MTM launches, you need to buy me the mobile. So he, where I was in Dubai, are you still hearing me? I can hear you. Go ahead. I'm listening with rapt attention. Dubai, I, I, I called him and said, he, he called me and said, look, these guys have launched this team. There was one particular phone, I called it Motorola V50. He told me that they were selling for 52,000, just the phone, just the device. Ah, and uh, the other, the line then was about 12,000 naira. I said, what? Hold on a second. I was in a place called Diara, Diara, Dubai. So I crossed down to the street there. I saw a guy, um, and this Indian fellow or from Iran, I can't remember precisely. I said, look, these phones you're selling from my conversion, they're coming to about 18,000 Naira. The most is about 19,000 Naira from my conversion. Uh, he said, yeah, Baba, that this thing works everywhere, that this is JSM. I said, can you work in Nigeria? He said, yeah, you can work. So then I had gone to buy my normal, uh, you know, uh, uh, materials for networking. Out of the $10,000, I had spent about 50% of it. So I had the remaining money. So what I did was I took a risk. That's when decision-making comes in any, anything any man does. Uh, so I decided to use that remaining amount to buy the mobile. So I bought that V50, I bought T28, you know, the one they call um, uh, Ericsson. So I bought a number of them. I didn't buy much in the much my money could buy. So I bought them. So I told my cousin, look, I'm coming with these phones. And when I come, I'll sell it 10,000 cheaper than what the networks are selling. He said, wow, that if I try that, people will rush it. So <laughs> <laughs> nobody knew whether this was going to work in Nigerian, uh, uh, you know, uh, Nigerian contest then. So when we came back, you can imagine what happened. I asked him, okay, buy only the SIM. So he bought the SIM. He came to the airport to receive me. The first thing we did, we didn't do any other thing, was to remove one of those phones, took that thing, and put inside the stuff. Hmm. And oh, it was hell in Nigeria. Worked. Wow. <laughs> so when it worked, we drove to our office, and guys came, and they part of everything. Guess what, done? I called my ticketing agent and said, Look, I need to fly again. <laughs> Almost immediately. I, I, I had to take a flight the next two days. Those days I was going to Dubai twice a week because I didn't have much money, but I was making, can you imagine I was making something that would land in my hands at about 18,000 Naira. I was selling for 40,000 Naira. Wow. So I was doing this thing at the point I asked myself inside the plane, doesn't mean that I'm the only wise Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> Why is nobody seeing it? Why is nobody seeing me? Looking at what I'm doing, so then, no oh guys, but then most people you see mobile phone TV. If I mention their names, you may know some of them. Some of our most of our guys that went to school together. So in Portacourt, in Abuja, so they're now waiting for me to bring in this stuff. So I was bringing it in and was selling. And one day I found out done that look, ah, I could now post off with the conversion rate then. I could exchange rate then. I could now post up a million dollars. Wow. And this thing I'm telling you didn't take it didn't take years, it took just months. Wow. You, you can imagine where you are making ten thousand dollars, you came back in a week, you turned to twenty thousand, you travel again, you come back, you turned to forty thousand, you wow. come back again, it turns to eighty thousand dollars. Wow. So <laughs> this is compounding interest. Compound interest and they, <laughs> anyway. Now, what happened now? Um, I was in that business and I grew that business. And when we talk about the trailblazers in that business, the people that started the GSM, we were part of them in Computer Village, or just few, a few of us yeah. so in Computer Village. So we've seen the, the, the rise and whatever, whatever, how the team got into the open market from the, 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 the telcos, that's the networks of them. 
and those days. So, and uh, all of us started, you know, the trading of uh, mobile uh, devices. We go to Dubai, we buy it at the point, the company started. So we started buying from the HQ of Samsung, you know, started representing big companies in Motorola. And with that, we won a number of awards from 2005, 2006, 2007. My company, Dastek, was winning the best marketing uh, GSM and accessories in West Africa. We won that award by, uh, what's their name again? Um, uh, I, I can get you the name of the, those uh, people that were organizing stuff mm -hmm. like that. So one that I worked twice or three times, and uh, that thing took me due to do that award. Companies will come, you know, they will just take me to go and represent Nigeria in some you know, trade shows in around the world. Wow. And that's how I was traveling around the world and uh, with our mobile phone. But something happened to me in 2006. I will tell you where this uh, whole thing started, uh, the, how I lost the money because it's good. I tell the story too. Yeah, very um, important. Yeah. yeah, in 2006, I had grown so big in the business. And, uh, the staff strength had grown to about close to about 200. And we had had branches here and there. And um, in 2006, I was in Cape Town for a trade show also. And uh, some guy, because then Nokia was uh, ahead of others, they had the biggest share in the market. Wow. They were controlled over 65%. So wow. we were like... The Nokia uh, that we, is almost no more. Yeah, of course. They were controlled close to 65% of the market share there. And um, so what we're gisting with some of them from Morocco and the rest of people, and they told me, look, they come in and what do you do for Nokia? I told them, they said, look, that I don't, as I, I don't have, I don't really have a business that is sustainable. That the market, the, the Nokia philosophy is out of factory to the end user, that they only take partners. That if I want to be a partner, I can only be a logistic partner. That uh, all I would do is just to take the stuff from Nokia and give to the end user. So I didn't understand the stuff. I found out that, look, it looks as if my business doesn't have any posterity. I need to do something now. Mm. So because of that statement, I found out that playing the middle role, the middleman, tomorrow they might take me out. That's what I thought because they were, Nokia was telling me how they would come to Nigeria and deploy uh, what they call retail stores mm. where the end users will come there and pick it. You know, mm. these are the things coming in my heart. And I was like, well, so I don't have a business if that is the case. Even though you were making so much money, I was making so much money, but I was looking into the future. So I now decided to go into another business just to diversify. And I went into a business I didn't understand very well. Just that I had a number of um, guys that I look up to who were playing in the industry who were quite rich. Um, I didn't understand that the, the rich then was mainly, majorly banks. Uh, facility so wow. but the mobile phone i never need i didn't need a bank facility i had enough wow. so i now moved down my money to oil and gas you know whenever you hear oil and mm. gas you conclude that these are the big boys so i i went on a retreat sort of i went on a retreat i moved out of everybody i went somewhere stayed three days or four and i made up my mind i was coming to do oil and gas so when i moved into oil and gas uh, yeah and the banks started coming Everybody wanted to support uh, my business. Oh, you've done well in mobile phone. You will do well in oil and gas. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So <laughs> money started coming. Success. Yeah, also the said phones started coming. So all of a sudden, I found out that look, I was holding more than I could manage. I was having more than. Uh, in fact, I was rejecting some. Because they were coming in millions of dollars. This one said, we're giving you $2 million. This one will say, we're giving you $1.5 million. This one, you know, and they, this thing, they, 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 I didn't need collateral. Or they all were, was, uh, or sort of all of them were just laying on products. So now, what we do is that I will contribute 30%. They will bring 70%. Uh. So with that, I didn't know how I got so much money around me. And I started over trading in the oil and gas. Remember, oil and gas was not my core business. I only jumped in in 2007. Uh -huh. By 2008, that energy was raining almost everywhere. And uh, it was as if, wow, I've been there, you know, 
I had a lot of drops. So I felt, look, this mobile phone should just go that I found a better business that can give me money and this, that, that. that. That's wow. the lesson there. Uh, the lesson there. Never get to what you know best to do. Your first business I gave you the first million. Don't yeah. take it out. Yeah. Because because all that data is not good. So I felt more uh, oil and gas was all now. So I was in oil and gas. Yeah, doing well. So um, but because it's a business I didn't understand very well. When 2008 ending, the global crisis, the you know the uh, uh, the notorious meltdown we uh. had about now came 2008-2009. I was sitting on so much volume of um, oil and gas because I have so much money, so I was over trading. I was sitting on so much volume, which is over 12 million liters of a product that was with in my hands it was a cost of 90 naira per liter wow. i was sitting on over 12 million you know what it means wow. it was nine billions wow and when the global crisis came guess what happened uh, you know done some of the these, these things you don't want to recall uh. in october 2008 i was actually in london i was actually in uk i was on a holiday with my family and uh, it was a kind of extended holiday and the uh, news, I was hearing news. Every day I turned the television on, I was hearing news, nailed down, how the companies were, you know, um, kind of um, retrenching and uh, you know, a lot of crisis in the, I, I felt protected that this thing is not happening in my country. Uh. But my boys were telling me, sir, that this thing we're supposed to sell for 95, is now people are pricing it 80 naira per liter. So wow, wow. How can I? How can wow, I lose you're such already money? losing um, almost uh, 120 million. Yeah, you you you're there. Wow. So the next time, the next two days, they told me that people are pricing for 60, 60 naira per liter if they should sell. Ah, I said, look, 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 look. They told me that this thing is going for 55. I have to change my ticket, and I came down. When I came down, I met the bank and said, look, what's, look at what is going on now. And the bank says, sell. So by the time we got to the market, it was already been selling for 32 Naira per liter. Wow. From so 90? It, yeah, yeah. We found out that the past 67 Naira is gone. Wow. And uh, that, that month done, the accountant brought the P&L and we're on red of about 700 million Naira. Wow. And I told the accountant, this thing you're showing me, did it happen? He said, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, I'm like, wow. I didn't understand it, you know? So I went home, the other sales proceed went to the bank, the bank held it. <laughs> I didn't know that all my money has just gone. And including some of the bank's uh, uh, money, because it was 30, 13%, 70%. Mm. So we had recovered just barely about 30%. So the bank now asked me to pay them the palace 40% or 30 something percent of their own contribution. I don't know. Wow. I don't have it, man. This thing is gone. It's like somebody that, uh, <laughs> that these, uh, do, you know, what do you call them, 419ers. Yeah. You know, moved in, moved in and uh, crept everything you have. I, it to me like a movie to you. To me, it was like a movie. Wow. But I lost it. So uh, I lost out. And uh, But one thing I told myself, I'm not going to run away. Because as an entrepreneur, first thing is make up your mind. There will be good times, there will be bad times. Uh. So I knew it was a bad time. I never been in such a mess. I didn't know how to handle it. I saw I was selling everything I had and you know, trying to pay. The more I was trying to pay, the more the interest was overwhelming. Yeah. And uh, I got into a lot of crises. They moved in with law enforcement agents, you know, what Nigerian scenarios that bullying. And uh, then the first thing that pained me most was how over 249 people working for me, you know, were now thrown back into the labor market. Wow. I said, wow. That I, I, in fact, I had to explain to one and say, what is paining me? Don't kill a winning horse. Allow me. I'm going to recover. They say, no, there is no way I can recover. There's no way I can come back. That's after what this, to after me is, this kind of death. Yeah, they say that it's tsunami, that there's no way I could come back. 
so they had written me off but then i can bet you that god willing i paid i paid i kept paying I kept paying i kept paying until i'm talking to you now i'm still paying wow because, yeah i'm still paying i'm still repaying those mess i'm still repaying those mess it's something that happened in 2009 by 2000 2021 i'm still repaying <laughs> <laughs> wow so now it was that that is just one bad decision what is that bad decision putting all my eggs in one basket going into an unknown area that i, I didn't have expertise and uh, i was investing so much there not trading with caution using both legs to trade to you know to test the depth of uh, the moving river mm. so this is what i advise entrepreneurs don't get into such mistakes you know whatever anytime you are doing a business and you have grown and you consolidated stick to that business even if you want to move to a new area that they have told you every good thing about move gradually move maybe 20% grow it to 30% leave the the gain you know one thing about we entrepreneurs that are so uh, optimistic uh, optimistic is that we we there's what is called fomo fear of missing out mm. so you want to push in all the whole weight so that you go Ghana and Ghana more and at the end of the day when you want to lose you lose you lose big so that is just the summary of that story uh i don't like telling the story without talking about the lessons mm. for whoever that cares mm. number one is that when you prepare for opportunity when opportunity comes clinch make the make the right decision and that opportunity will just define you uh-huh. and another one is that in anything you are doing trade with caution especially where you don't have expertise so that's the that's uh, wow. the uh, the brief story that, that's that's almost like the rise and fall um so Jeez. yeah that's the rise and fall and and I'm I'm very happy that um you you told that that story you know one of the things I I found that about entrepreneurs especially those from our climb is that they often are not very truthful with um, their stories uh, they, they they try as much as possible to color their stories uh, and and I'm so I'm so I'm so happy that you you uh, vulnerable enough to share that story but i know that you are not doing badly anyways god has helped you <laughs> i can also say yeah, that seriously you know one thing about entrepreneurship in, in if not that our economy where we find ourselves in a part of our sub-saharan africa is uh, jumping up and down i will tell you that anybody that is that can come down will always make money mm. in in nigeria i have to define my moment i have to look for a way to start again so don't i started from the scratch again and uh, I, I i i can now hit my chest to say look i started from the scratch and i was able to pay you know most of the people that i was owing and uh, you know i'm living a good life you know i'm living a good environment i go to anywhere i want to travel to so my life is back and I, I, I'm living more, you know, I want to live for the society now, not just for whatever I can get. You know, I, 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 I want to help others to not to make the mistake I made. And that's the reason why I started that program called Business Matters. Mm. Just from telling my stories, from, you know, remember the, 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 what I just uh, compressed, the, the concise story is something that happened over a period of um, years if i tell you the agony the you know the trauma that i passed through is something i have to put in a book yeah. and today you want to ask me question about books and how books have helped me mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to read your book we because I, you i know you personally and you have quite a lot of interesting stories about um the ups and downs of business and quite a lot of the things that you have learned when we come back engineer nandi shares how the knowledge he got from overcoming crisis written by dr miles monroe helped him navigate the season of indebtedness and also saved his life from suicide
Welcome back to the Books That Changed Us podcast. My name is Don Azubike Onyebu. Engineer Felix continues with the books that changed his life. Okay, so let's talk about books. I know you're a lover of books also. Uh, so just let us know. So what are some of the books that have changed your life? Number one. Um, you know, because I talked about the crisis period, mm. I had to go to a bookshop to buy a book, Overcoming Crisis, <laughs> by Miles Monroe. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, certain things you read is always often uh, 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 as a result of what is, you know, what is going on around you at every particular time. Mm. So I went to the bookstore to look for how to overcome crisis. I bought a number of books, majorly foreign authors, but this one is the one that really changed my, my life very well, Overcoming Crisis by Miles Monroe. Now another book I've been looking at today, that book, I've read it, I've read it, is Be the Best. Be the best. It was actually written by a Nigerian author, Matthew Ashimolowo. Okay. Be the best. If I give you my own copy, everywhere on that book, in that book is filled with. That's why I can't give it out. Marked. I marked a lot. I wrote a lot. <laughs> <laughs> then another one is about my vision by Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. Wow. The 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 prince of uh, Dubai. That's the king of Dubai. The uh, the vice president of UAE, and uh, my vision. You know, um, let me start from my vision. Or you want to ask me a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so you've talked about three books: Overcoming Crisis by Dr. Miles Monroe, um, uh, Be the Best by Matthew Ashimolo, and My Vision by uh, Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you want to start, so we would like you to, let's d- d- dig deeper. Um, so from, I think you want to start with my vision. So, so tell us, what is it about my vision that, um, that captured your interest and what are some of the lessons you learned from it? Yeah, you know, um, like I told you, when I was young, I started going to Dubai. And each time we landed in Dubai, I was imagining, wow. Uh, 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 is it human being that transformed this place to this, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, top-notch society, city? You know, I keep seeing who, who could have done this, and um, they kept telling me about this, Mohammed, Sheikh Mohammed, Sheikh Mohammed. So the day I saw his book, uh, I grabbed it with both hands. I didn't even ask price. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to know more about this guy. So, when I, I read this book, you know, I, I didn't feel anybody should disturb me when I was reading it. But I, I was reading challenges in the race for excellence. Everything he's talking about is excellence. Uh. And the, the challenges, you know, when you know where you're headed, why you should stick to uh, your, your, your formula and the, don't cut corners, uh. you know, when you talk about excellence. So my vision, there's something he started with, and uh, if you open the book, he talked about the lion and the gazelle. I'm sure you know yes. about the gazelle. Yeah. He said, in the forest in Africa, is this uh, gazelle that wakes up every morning and uh, stretches itself and says, look, if I don't run very fast to outrun the, <laughs> the fastest lion, then I will be a breakfast for a lion. <laughs> and the lion wakes up every morning and stretches himself and says, look, if I don't run very fast to get the fastest gazelle, that means I'll die of hunger. So there is uh, this tussle between the predator and the prey. Uh. So, and I ask myself, who am I here? Um, do wow. I allow this wow. water to swallow me or do I set my vision right and keep driving it? So that book, every aspect of that book, eh? Every aspect of that book is so interesting and has so changed my life. I don't even know which aspect to talk about in that book. But there is this aspect, you know, when he talked about, um, you know, the excellence, when he talked about excellence in Dubai Development Vision, 
you know how they enshrine it and institutionalize excellence and that is exactly what happens in dubai they don't go for mediocrity the 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 the, the average dubai guy loves his own nation that he will not take bribe to 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 you know thwart or to alter justice or to do what is not right mm. so everything about them is standard if you enter their houses if you enter everything in fact when i read his story in fact i had to go to you to to look at his story how he built that bodge arab bodge arab the the the, yeah, the, the, the seven star, star hotel. hotel yes yeah the guy couldn't take any no when they told him this has never been done they say look you have to do it yeah i have the pocket so he, he, the, the people that were constructing it he, they were testifying that this guy brought the best out of them this uh, visionary leader he comes in there the woman that did the decor said that after painting that she was afraid that muhammad was going to reject it and he came himself and said look this color is not to be this this color so muhammad he didn't go to school to study these things we did okay muhammad that said give me white here yeah, give me this give me the woman said when she gave that color the rest of the world we are calling her for business not knowing that it was this man that changed everything so wow. i'm talking about a man of vision so you want to read what he's saying how he created and how he built dubai and uh, he didn't fear failure he said that he knew that failure was going to come but the only thing is that he was sure that there was always a way out of every failure and uh, that's the kind of book i want to read <laughs> wow but, but, I, but i wanted to even what, what one of the questions i actually would like you to talk about is how how yeah how did that impact your own life yeah i'm talking about how the thing impacted talking about how the thing impacted my life is whatever i'm doing any house small look i need to set a standard that when you come in there you will see that look this guy this guy is looking up so somewhere that he, he he is operating at um how do i put it here in that spirit of excellence mm. you want to he, he, even if it's just a little room you mop it very well that it smells so clean that anybody that comes here wants to pick his food from the floor wow so that when you grade up and you grow anywhere you grow to you maintain you drag that spirit of excellence along in anything anywhere you any capacity you find yourself you maintain that excellence so that's what i i i i pick from this guy i don't need somebody giving me 1 billion dollars now for me now to now bring on you know the some of those things you start small even if you have you are paid a 50000 when somebody comes to that place where you are working the person will see that spirit of excellence mm. You see, it, it, that would take me to what Martin Luther King said. Martin Luther King said, "If you are a, a guy that sweep the street, sweep it in a way that somebody comes in here, we 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 kind of we kind of uh, quote you alongside somebody like Michael Angelo and saying to you, oh, this guy sweep this street like Michael Angelo could do to at work. Mm. You know, you you do it so excellently that anybody that comes in there." we find out that if you are given opportunity to to grade you up you will still maintain that excellence so that's one thing i pick from this guy my vision wow. and he has done so well for wow. his people wow <laughs> thank 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 you very much for that so i think maybe we just ride on that because um i feel built be the best by dr matia shilmolo would would have um, almost like a similar um story so just tell us what what are some of the major lessons you learned from be the best and how how did that impact your life on be the best the first thing that impacted my life was when he talked about time management honestly i've done time management in my business school and everything but when i read this guy uh matachimolo on you know managing your time you know of your life I picked a number of lessons that look I have to spend quality time for on quality matters. I don't have to just you know people <laughs> people people uh, spend their time like he said instead of investing their time. So I found out that at every point in my life that I should plan my life. 
So what I started doing about 10 years ago, Don, is that I planned my life on paper. I planned my life every five, five years. Okay. That I could bring a paper and I plan my life for the next five years. I have done for this 2001 to 2006. It's already in my diary. And I follow the, it. Uh, 2021 to 2026. 2021 to 2026, sorry, yeah. Okay. I've already done it. It's already on paper. So, and I always plan in four segments. Look at my career, look at my ministry because I'm a pastor. I look at my family, I look at my health. So I always plan this way and then my business. So for all, you know, this, it helps me to manage my time. Nobody could believe that I could be doing much I'm doing. And yet one day my son asked me, daddy, what are you doing? You are reading a lot. Because then I was, <laughs> I was doing my second master's. <laughs> so the, the, the young guy was like, you are reading a lot and you're going for PhD. What are you doing all this is for? <laughs> I, I laughed at him. I said, look, it is in my plan. It is in my plan. So I have to do all this because it is in my plan. So now what has helped me do it is time management, ability to plan my myself. And, uh, with I, I, a lot I, of I, your commitments. Wow. With a lot of commitment, you know. Don, I will tell you this. Um, I used to be a lover of football. I love a club called Arsenal so much that if Arsenal is playing football, Wherever I was then, I would come down to watch. But my children would say, but you stop even watching Arsenal. I said, no, because I found something more important. <laughs> I don't have a deadline. Wow. A deadline to submit thesis. And you want me to come and watch people who are playing the I'm making their own money. <laughs> I have to submit this project. So um, that's be the best in anything you do. Uh, and like you said, it talks more about vision also, about being the best, but it started with time management. Because one thing I found out is that Nigerians a lot while away their time. Look at how, how, how you are pushing people to go and read, read books, you know. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, might, somebody will prefer to be watching football uh, to reading a book. Yeah. And at the end of the day, tomorrow, you don't. I don't think you will ever ask call people to say, "Please come and tell me how many football you have watched." How many football matches you've watched? Uh, tell us what you learn from it. Uh, so it, it depends on how priority, and uh, you are now putting people. You are doing a night job, making people. When I when I saw the ad that this is what you want to do, I said, "Wow." And uh, look, um, it's going to take you to places. So, like I said, be the best. Like you said, it's close to this. My vision is still on sticking to what you think that you can achieve and uh, keep heading towards it and maintaining excellence at every stage of that uh, development. Thank you very much. Awesome. Awesome. Very great insights that you have been sharing with us so far on the podcast. Wow, so let's get back to Overcoming Crisis, the book that you bought during crisis. So tell us what you learned from the book and how, how that really impacted you and how you were able to come out of uh, your trying times. No, I will tell you what I learned there. Uh, everything about there. If I want to tell you what I learned there, I have to read from chapter one to chapter to the end. Wow. Chapter, I have to tell you because it's still loaded with a lot of blessings. Wow. Because one summer, one thing I took out from there that I was not alone. Uh. I was never the first to get into crisis. And I will not be the last. <laughs> and that this is not going to be my last crisis. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is that I'm coming out of one, or I'm moving into one. <laughs> wow. So when I was reading it, I kept laughing. You know, it's one thing. You know, Don, uh, I will tell you this. I consider suicide twice. You, uh, you don't mean it. I, don't, I consider suicide twice in 2009. Twice. But wow. Wow. if you tell me what I learned, I say this book and some other things, uh, people, you know, and some other books. That's why I bought a lot of books on the overcoming crisis. Wow. <laughs> I can bring them and keep telling you. So, uh, because I consider suicide twice, uh, one of them, I begged God to kill me. I didn't want to kill myself because I knew the consequences. Wow. So, after begging God, I thought God agreed. 
So I had uh, gone to look at my children and my wife for the last time. Then I had two two kids. I live in VGC, I'm sure you know them. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at that was in 2010. I had looked at them and I concluded that it was going to be over. Sorry, it was 2019 precise. So I thought that night was going to be over. Though. So I had prayed and prayed. I fasted and God told me it was going to take me out so that uh, <laughs> I would not continue to face the crisis <laughs> because it was overwhelming. <laughs> wow. So, so I lay down on my bed and I, I dressed myself very well. I put my duvet, hoping that the next place I would open my eyes would be either in heaven <laughs> or before an angel. <laughs> that by two a.m. I woke up and I, I didn't recognize it was my room. I was so disappointed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I woke up. I was like, God, you didn't kill me. Why? Why are you living my life? Okay, but the summary of this book, you know, we're talking about book, not mm. telling stories of what and what I passed through, but um, I was not alone. And the, the meltdown was, you know, a kind of uh, affecting nations, mm. not just me. Mm. And if nations were impacted, <laughs> who are you? Who am I that um, I should not also be badly affected? The best thing is to calm down and weather the storm and make sure I, f- I kind of flow with the tide, relaxed, knowing that definitely you are going to come out of it. So these two things, they just end to end. Number one, definitely you must get into crisis, but because you're a special breed, um, because of the faith I I uh, I profess that I will definitely he will always he will always lead me out. You know who I'm talking about yeah. out of the crisis, so that you just relax. So it was on that note that I relaxed. And now to me, the book told me keys how to come out of uh, the the season because it's going to be a season. Uh, ways to manage crises. I had to you know kind of bring myself down. I had to condescend solo had to offload some of those um, you know lifestyle yeah, that was expensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first thing was that I sold I sold my land in VGC where I was building. So I told myself you need to move out from here. So I moved out to a, a, a you know a lower uh, zone where I could pay less. I brought my children out from school that was paying high. I took them to school where I could pay half. So wow. I started cutting my 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 coat, according <laughs> to my size. So I learned uh, the secret of uh, thriving in the time of crisis, and that, that was basically prayer, reading my the Word of God. You know, saturating my heart with words from men of God, so that um, devil would not trick me. You know, to consider taking my life. Mm. So these were the the things that I was practicing and that thing now drew me closer to why I was born. Uh, people don't know. Uh, I had to begin to ask questions because this book asked me, when you are in a crisis, maybe you are, you are there to discover your purpose. Mm. Maybe you had missed your track. Mm. So I was now asking, okay, what is that track that I missed? So I discovered, I was meant to know that I'm, I was born to be a preacher of the gospel uh, I should go and uh, you know take my bible carry my cross <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you know suffer from the pulpit you know uh, as a minister so these are the things that uh, kind of uh, compel me to look that way and I felt I couldn't do it I thought I was not born to do it that I could not do it but done today I do it and I'm happy that I'm doing it mm. so new thing was born out of that something that i thought was evil good came out of it because today now people uh instead of calling me uh mr namdi some people who choose to call me person namdi some people who choose to call me my professional name in jina namdi so i have many titles now <laughs> <laughs> and that that was from the crucible of crisis Crisis, yes. So this book, Overcoming Crisis, tell your readers if they're in crisis. If they're not in crisis, they shouldn't buy it too, because it will not make meaning. Wow. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm actually curious to to find out why you why you thought that 
um, the best way to approach crisis was to go into a bookstore and start searching for a book on crisis that doesn't seem like what the average person would do yeah there's something I, that came to my mind i felt that there is nothing new on the, the earth that somebody must have passed through what i'm passing through and because i didn't know how to navigate my way out of the crisis i needed to hear from those that have come before so i didn't have any other option than to go to the bookshop to look for books on crisis to know how they were able to navigate because somebody's story must help me to tell my own story or to help me to come out of the crisis so it was in search of that that i bought if you come to my library i have nothing less than seven books on crisis overcoming crisis managing crisis coming out of crisis so <laughs> i bought can a hagen junior uh, my small role <laughs> a number wow. of them you know i've got a number of them so those books kept me and they kept telling me what to do what to do what to do and uh, i stopped telling people that i was in crisis if not that you are asking me i stopped confessing negatively i stopped saying that my money has finished i stopped telling people that i was ever going through anything so i was just believing that i'm too rich that i'm not richer than what i used to be mm. i kept i kept confessing positive kept telling people because life and death is in the power of your tongue what you call it is what it becomes if you say you're a poor man then you're a poor man so i said i see myself as a rich man yeah and from one thing leads to another you can't believe it people started connecting me from one business to the other today i'm so happy <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow you know one of the things that i actually like um, about you was that even when you were going through crisis you were laughing about some of your mistakes you were laughing ab about some of your decisions i was i was wondering where where did you get that attitude from you know because you would you would you would tell what some of the decisions uh, the errors you made in decisions and you would laugh so heartily about that i was just wondering where that attitude came from <laughs> maybe i read from the books you know i i i, I you know at times when you think you are wise is when you get into crisis that you now begin to you know when you track back you see your stupidity wow. <laughs> now you know that we are just human and the best attitude eh, people somebody one was wondering one day i was in the church and i was dancing not knowing that the next day <laughs> i had a court case that would take me to to, to sell to sell <laughs> to, to jail you know wow uh, you know they reminded me in jail uh, let me tell you i was dancing because i found out that the best thing here is to be happy that's what <laughs> because i know that monday was going to be bad <laughs> so enjoy the moment so i decided to maximize the moment just to be very very happy that day i was dancing i didn't want i didn't want the music to stop so but when when it was evening my when it was night my everything changed my wife kept consoling me and another thing is when you have a good wife who will read your mood telling me you know consoling me telling me some of the things that i shouldn't bother that i'll come out of this crisis you know and um, I, I give it to her maybe I, i have to ship in this in for those women those wives who are supportive you know when your husband is in crisis don't add to his crisis don't add to his uh, calamity my wife one day what encouraged me one day was when i came back i was coming back from um, one of those <laughs> one of those uh, period you know where you go from one law enforcement agent to another you know molesting and uh, harassing you so i was coming back feeling dejected but i came in opened the house i saw my wife praying and speaking in tongues and crying and was praying for me <laughs> so i stood there because i couldn't pray for some time you know wow. when you are in crisis you want to pray you don't know what to pray about so i kept looking at her she was praying for me and crying she didn't know i was around for like 20 minutes she was praying for me i was just the her topic i felt wow so somebody's praying for me <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it, it encouraged me wow. yeah, it encouraged uh, me so, so. so since you talked about a good wife what 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 do husbands do when their wives are in crisis what your husbands will doing since it's not it's, crisis is not the preserve of only men yeah <laughs> you know when we talk about crisis people think only money 
crisis can come from any angle. It can come health crisis. It can be, you know, family crisis. It can be, you know, like what I mean, family marital crisis. It can come in any format. So what you do is, at that point, the best thing you can do for that person is to pray for that person and encourage the person. Especially when you can't, you, you don't, you don't, you don't have what another another offer. You see is to get close to the person, always come around the person. Don't don't run away from him because friends do that. I, I will tell you what has what was happening to me. It was just few friends who have still picking my call because my name was all over the newspaper. So wow. other ones couldn't pick my calls because they thought I was going to borrow money from them. But one thing I did then was I tried to maintain. I refused to borrow. I refused to ask anybody to assist me. You know, but what was happening? Some people on their own would just come and say, "Look, I give me your account. Something is laid in my heart to drop in your in your in your bank in your bank account." Wow. So, uh, three maintaining, trying to maintain, but because it was all over the places, and the uh, people were avoiding me. So at that point, husband shouldn't avoid the wife. You, you need to read me. You know, look at your wife. You know, ask her what's what's the matter. Try and understand her, 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 her position and crisis. See how you could be of help. Talk to her. You know, show some concern. It goes a long way to help. That word, that those prayers, those uh, soothing words, we suit the sorrow. But people at times don't know how to manage it. They tend to shout at the person. They tend to blame the person. Is your whatever? Is your this? Is your that? Yeah. People blame me, it's your mistake, you went and invested so much, you went and did that. Yeah, if I didn't get that blame, maybe I wouldn't have known it was a mistake. Mm. So, but for a wife, please, for your husband, don't blame your wife too much, especially when she makes a mistake. Find a way to, you know, um, speak to her in a manner that we kind of raise her self-esteem and also make her feel that somebody cares so that, that that's why i will i will rest it i'm sure pastors will tell us the rest <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow thank you thank you so much for your time i'm i'm sure that our listeners have really gleaned and learned a lot from you thank you so much for thank the you, investment man. of the time You can check out more great business-related content on his YouTube show, Business Matters. It promises to be an amazing time and investment for you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Books That Change Us podcast. Please share with your friends and also please remember to subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast spotify google podcast and wherever you get your podcast till we meet again have an amazing week ahead